And now we'd like to welcome to the show Father Tad Paholchuk. He is the National Catholic Bioethics Center Director, and he's going to share about advancement, quote-unquote advancement, compose many dangers. It's always a two-edged sword. Welcome, Father Tad, to the show. Thank you very much, Tim. You betcha. So, 2018, we see the first gene-edited babies, now editing genes. So, tell us what does that even mean for our listeners? Well, this means that they have taken human embryos, and they have basically tinkered around with the genes and conferred new properties onto these embryos, so that when they grow up, these embryos will have genes that they did not naturally have. And the particular type of manipulation that they ended up doing was they put in a gene that should confer resistance to the AIDS virus. And, you know, that sounds like a good thing. You say, oh, well, gee, they're making the child not susceptible to that virus. That sounds like it's all pluses. It's all good. But it turns out, of course, that whenever you go in and and make a change like this, there are bound to be other unanticipated effects that follow from that kind of uh, genetic manipulation. Yeah, and let's talk about that a little bit, Father, because I think one of the biggest questions I think most people have are what therapies, what things are licit, you know, what types of things, and what types of things are not? Because when you're messing around, it's like you said, some of this can be good, but some of it is terribly bad. So talk a little bit about that, if you please. Sure. I mean, I think the key point to remember here is that, you know, let's say you have sickle cell anemia, Tim. And Mm -hmm. we go and we say, well, how about if we take out some of Tim's blood cells and we change the genes in those so that we can then put them back into Tim's body and his body will not have any more those sickle-shaped blood cells, but now they'll be nice and round, just like a healthy person. Well, we'd all say, well, that's clearly a good kind of genetic manipulation to be able to do it right in one person and it provides direct therapeutic benefit and, you know, gives them an improved state of health. So that kind of thing is not going to raise fundamental moral objections. But the kinds of changes that we're talking about here, where we have these gene-edited babies in China, those changes are permanent, and when those little girls grow up, if they get married and have children of their own, those changes will be passed to their children. So we have made a modification, not just, you know, to your body, Tim, which will stay with you, but now to all future generations of humanity, we've introduced the change into the gene pool, potentially. So that's a big deal. And those kinds of changes, we don't want to be making willy-nilly. We don't want to be making them when we don't know what are some of the secondary effects that are likely to follow. Just to give you an example, I mentioned For these Chinese girls who had this gene change, yes, they will probably be immune from infection by the AIDS virus, but scientists are realizing this may actually increase their susceptibility to infections from other viruses, non-AIDS viruses. So, you know, it's never as kind of clear and clean cut as people sometimes propose it to be. And we have to, especially when we're talking about changing the whole future gene pool, be exceedingly careful. And furthermore, I mean, there, there's one more angle here that immediately comes to the surface, which would be 
this requires experimenting on not just one human being, like in the case of changing your blood cells. You actually have to line up potentially dozens of human embryos. You make the changes. You discard some of them that don't receive the changes appropriately, and you do some implantations. Other embryos die. This is a very, very high rate of loss and of basically harming a number of human beings in order to end up with maybe one or two survivors at the end of the process. So it's got, you know, all kinds of ethical gravity, gravitas, as we say, Mm -hmm. and concerns here that we uh, simply cannot uh, brush under the rug. Right. We're talking with Father Tad Baholchuk of the National Catholic Bioethics Center. You know, what comes to mind, Father, you know, we as Catholics, and maybe just a minute on this, if you would, two documents come to mind, Donum Vitae and then, of course, the dignity of the human person, you know, kind of hand in hand. Our church has really thought these things out, haven't they? And maybe just a word about how we can listen to the church when it comes to these matters. You're right that the church has thought these matters through, uh, and I would say considered these issues even before they were in the public limelight. So cloning, for example, when Dolly the sheep was cloned, everybody started talking about, oh, what about cloning humans? You know, are we going to be doing this? Is this allowable? The Church already had addressed this a few years earlier and said this is not the kind of activity that should ever be carried out in human beings, and explained the reasons and so on. So that's a real advantage for us as Catholics, that these issues are considered, reviewed, studied, and there are teachings that then are made available to us by applying the timeless principles, uh, you know, that that, uh, undergird our faith, principles like the respect for life, principles like recognizing the dignity of every individual human, uh, etc., and then how do you apply those in specific settings of science, research, or the clinic. So it's really a great blessing that we find uh, to have the Church available in this way. And I know when I've spoken with Protestants that some of them express their frustrations. Uh, you know, I remember one time when the whole stem cell issue was, was kind of blowing up, and I was involved with the debate, one of the uh, Episcopalian ministers said to me, you know, I admire the fact that Catholics have such clarity, because I'm on a board that is trying to determine about these issues within the Episcopalian Church, and we just go around in circles. We just talk in circles and don't ever, you know, get anywhere on these matters. So I think it's something for Catholics to be thankful for, that, you know, we have this degree of clarity uh, and, you know, fidelity to these guiding principles and goods that we are seeking to safeguard. Absolutely. Talking with Father Tad Baholchek from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And I may add, Father, we're thankful to you and the National Catholic Bioethics Center for digging into these documents and thinking and bringing this truth to the people, because that, that, that's so valuable. And we want to thank you for that. Speaking of that, you have a great, great event coming up here at the University of Mary uh, in just a few days, right? That's correct. Friday and Saturday, so just a couple days from now, uh, we have a seminar, and this is an annual seminar that we do where we have several speakers from the National Catholic Bioethics Center uh, hosted at the University of Mary, and we cover a range of different topics. 
some of the ones that you and I have been talking about on this interview, touching on biotechnology and some of the bioethical issues, manipulating human embryos, stem cells, things like, what about test tube babies? Is that something that Catholics should be doing or not? And if not, why not? Uh, issues, what about at the end of life? You know, my, my mom is dying, and we're trying to figure out whether we have a moral duty to put her onto a ventilator in this particular set of circumstances. How do we know how to proceed here? This is a difficult family matter. We're having some back and forth among different siblings about how to proceed. Well, we will be addressing those kinds of questions. Uh, issues surrounding, for example, brain death. What does brain death mean? What are some of the components of correctly diagnosing this, and also what about donating organs? What does the Church teach about donation of your organs after you die? Is that okay or not? What about if I want to donate my body to science? Would that be allowable? What are the conditions, you know, that are needed in order to be able to do that, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll be covering a lot of ground uh, during these two days of Friday and Saturday, this is at the University of Mary, and I would strongly encourage people to uh, check into this. They can check on our website, which is ncbcenter.org, ncbcenter.org, and look under our Education tab and find further information about these seminars that we'll be offering uh, this coming weekend. Father Tab, you got about two minutes left or a little less. I remember I was at your presentation in Fargo that you did a little bit of end-of-life issues. As you go around the country, a minute and a half, I know that's very little, what, are, what is one or two things you'd really want to get across to our listeners that are so important to really watch and keep an eye on? Well, I would say certainly it's important for Catholics to form themselves around these issues. I think what happens in some families when you talk about end-of-life situations is it's sort of thrust unwittingly onto them. And they're like, oh my goodness, what do I do here? How do I figure this out? I would mention, for example, that we do offer a free consultation service through the National Catholic Bioethics Center here in Philadelphia, and people can find information about that on our website. And we assist families and individuals who maybe are dealing with this for the first time. You know, the question about a feeding tube, or as I mentioned earlier, the ventilator, or, you know, what about this surgery? Is it heroic, or is this something reasonable? And I just need somebody to talk this through with. Uh, we have an uh, ethicist who's on duty each day that people can avail themselves of that. But attending a seminar, like I'm mentioning, gives people some tools to be able to quickly uh, understand some of the basic principles and be more familiar with Catholic teaching around these very, very important issues. Wonderful. Well, Father Tad, we want to thank you for your time, and thank you for the great work you're doing, and encourage our listeners, August 9th and 10th, at the University of Mary. Check it out, ncbcenter.org. I was just on the website. You can get more information, ncbcenter.org. Thank you so much, Father Tad, and God bless you. Well, thank you. Great to be with you, and God bless you, too. All right. Thanks so much. That's Father Tad from the National Catholic Bioethics Center.